It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, friends? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Hey, go to BuiltBar.com today and use our promo code Locked On and get 20% off your next order. What's going on, friends? Billy Rossetti with you guys here on a Monday. Unfortunately, again, not another victory Monday as the Panthers fell just short, surprisingly, and we'll talk about that in today's episode. We'll talk about the good, the bad, uh, good bit of positives out of this one, some of the struggles, uh, but we'll also get into uh, the bit of news regarding Mr. Christian McCaffrey, of course, as he once again is dealing with an injury. So we'll get into that in a little bit. So a lot to get to today on this episode. Glad to have you guys on board with me. Uh, Before we get into this, I want to let you guys know, of course, or remind you where you guys can find me. A lot of you longtime listeners appreciate your support. You know where to find me. But if you're new here, welcome aboard. Follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Setti. That's R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And you can follow my work over at SI Panthers. Do some work over there. Even some other football-related work. Not necessarily Panthers, but you can also check out my work. I sprinkle around Bengals wire a little bit. Uh, I help out at uh, 4 for 4 uh, Doing some player blurbs, actually, for teams like the Steelers, the Saints, the Seahawks, and the Falcons. And a little bit of other work, too, uh, with the first pick as well. The fan-sided page. Uh, help out over there. So a lot of stuff I'm available at, so you can check me out on there. Uh, but again, as far as Panthers work, you can definitely check me out over at SI Panthers. Great to be working with that great group over there. So let's jump into talking about Sunday's game. And first thought really was, you know, this team has clearly, we've we've talked about this obviously all season with how close they've been, but and I said this at the end of last week. One of the things I was really looking for is, you know, can the Panthers just kind of stay competitive and, you know, not let themselves get kind of blown out, just keep fighting hard. This is the game that I think we can say that the Panthers have really bought in and, um, you know, they're they're buying what Matt Rule and his coaching staff were selling. You know, it's a brand new culture in Carolina and Sunday really epitomized that. Yes, they came away with the loss, obviously, as they did lose at Kansas City 33-31. to It's their fourth consecutive loss as they fall to 3-6. and But if you look at a lot of the media predictions, including myself, really, because as I said at the end of last week, I thought this was going to be a two-score game. You know, I, my final prediction was 35-20. to So I expected this to be about a two-score game. The fact that the Panthers only lost this game by two points, and remember, this team led by four. Carolina had a four-point lead at halftime at 17-13. I mean, this team was doing a great job of moving the football, taking time off the clock, keeping the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, you know, and obviously digging into their bag of tricks, you know, things like the fake punt again that worked. I mean, you know, and a nice pass actually by Joseph Charlton too. They pretty much did the things that you kind of wanted them to do 
to really hang around in this game, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands for as long as possible. And they did a nice job of that in the first half. I really liked the way they were running the football. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey returning was a, uh, a huge a huge factor in that. And I mean, McCaffrey, obviously, you know, he looked good. He, he looked healthy. Uh, we knew he was probably going to be ready to go after practicing on... Um, after practicing on uh, throughout the week, going into week eight, excuse me, kind of <laughs> lost myself a little bit there. I apologize, but we, he, we know he was on the practice field going into the Thursday night game against the Falcons, so we knew he was going to be ready to go for this one. And he looked like he was 100%. Now, obviously, the news now that McCaffrey's banged up again, uh, as it turned out, he actually injured his shoulder on the final drive of that game. He's currently listed as day-to-day, so hopefully it's not too bad. We'll see what the status is throughout the week. We should get a bit of picture uh, come Wednesday. But McCaffrey banged up again, but before that, I mean, he was, you know, he was picking up, picked up right where he left off in week two, right? He carried 18 times for 69 yards, scored a touchdown, caught all 10 of his targets for 82 yards, and a touchdown. And, you know, the big question, too, of course, was how much was Mike Davis going to be involved with Christian McCaffrey back in the mix? And, well, the question in, or the uh, the answer ended up being not a whole lot because Mike Tom or yeah, Mike Thomas, excuse me, Mike Davis only ended up with six, uh, six touches in this game. He was targeted six times, caught five of them and had just one rushing attempt for three yards. And then looking at the snap count, it was obviously a huge, huge gap between McCaffrey and Davis. Christian McCaffrey played 59 of the 83 snaps of the Panthers. And again, you know, that's that's another thing too, like going back to keeping the ball in Mahomes' hand. We've been talking the last couple of weeks, this team with 45 offensive snaps, 50 offensive snaps. They ended up with 83 on Sunday. McCaffrey played 59 of them. Mike Davis played just 26 of them. So we were really curious how Mike Davis was going to be involved with Christian McCaffrey back in the mix. And it turned out, you know, not a whole lot. About a 2-to-1, little more than a 2-to-1 ratio in favor of McCaffrey. Now with McCaffrey banged up again, obviously Mike Davis gets thrust right back into that starting role. If McCaffrey is out. We don't know anything for sure yet, but... Um, we'll see throughout the week. If McCaffrey does miss a little bit of time, Mike Davis obviously will get thrust right back in to the role that he was doing pretty well at in the weeks that McCaffrey was out. But it was really nice to see McCaffrey play well and Teddy Bridgewater continuing to have just another solid game. I mean, he you know didn't throw any picks, threw for 310 yards, two touchdowns, did a nice job driving driving the offense as he always does, even ran in for a touchdown. So Teddy Bridgewater just continues to have a strong season. You know, he's obviously going to be a little underrated or kind of fl- fly under the radar a bit because the Panthers are 3-6, and six, but it's really not because of the offense. Teddy Bridgewater's been having a fine season so far. I mean, he's now up to 2,416 passing yards. He's thrown... Uh, 11 touchdowns, six interceptions, you know, so he's 
pretty well taking care of the football, as we've been saying. He was sacked twice, and, you know, the offensive line, of course, continues to be an issue, and we'll touch on that. But Teddy Bridgewater just having a fine season, and, you know, obviously the uh, the decision is going to be coming soon whether Teddy's going to be the future of this team or if the Panthers are going to put themselves in a position to draft a quarterback, especially high, you know, now that they're potentially looking at a top 10 pick after four straight losses. But the offense just continues, you know, the this team is going to be a strong contender. And I've said this before, you know, we knew it really wasn't going to come this year. Possibly might come 2021, but certainly by 2022. And I've, you know, I'm on the record saying this. By 2022, the Panthers could very well become the class of the NFC South, or at least be a contender in the NFC South. And, you know, I've kind of talked about why. Mostly it's due to the quarterback position. You know, even if the Panthers, say the Panthers draft a quarterback, you know, he'll get to develop behind Teddy Bridgewater in 21 and then possibly take over in 22, or if the Panthers decide to keep going with Teddy Bridgewater in 22. So they should have a quarterback in place. The other teams, you know, there's obviously question marks. Drew Brees will probably be out of New Orleans. We don't know. Will will it be Jameis Winston? Will it be Taysom Hill? Who knows? Uh, Tom Brady will probably be out of Tampa Bay by then because he's only set in Tampa for two years. Probably won't be there any longer than that. And then, you know, you have to start questioning the future, too, of Matt Ryan just because of his age. So Carolina's getting there. And as I said at the top, this was really the game that helped truly define the fact that Carolina is starting to buy in to what Matt Rule is selling to this team in terms of the changing of the culture and the the fighting attitude. And obviously nothing against Ron Rivera, but we obviously know that eventually gets to the point where, you know, you start to lose it a little bit and sometimes everybody just needs a fresh start and I think that's kind of what happened with Ron Rivera and you know it's working out for the Panthers franchise as well and obviously David Tepper continues to put his stamp uh, on this team as well and Matt Rule is so far making David Tepper look like a really smart owner and helping get Matt Rule so you really have to like the direction I know it's frustrating because they've lost four straight because you know they're three and six now I get the argument that hey They've been competitive in all these games. Now we got to start winning this, these games. Don't necessarily have to expect that this year, but starting next year, that's when you want to start. Again, this was just about progress this season, and I think the Panthers are showing that. Next season now is going to be about taking these small losses or these close losses that they've had this season and turning them in into victories. I mean, again, you, you take away the Panthers' loss against Tampa Bay in week one or in a, in week two. Every other game the Panthers have lost this season, the other five losses have all been by eight points or less. So this team, who a lot thought were going to be one of the worst teams in the, in the NFL, has not gotten blown out in any game yet. 14 points is their largest margin of victory, and they were still pretty competitive in that Tampa Bay game as well. But other than that, out of the five other losses, they have lost... They have not lost a game by more than eight points. And that was the Thursday night game against the Atlanta Falcons. So that's just some early thoughts. We'll get into kind of the numbers a little bit here too and and some thoughts 
and then we'll look at the snap counts as well. Uh, so that'll be coming up in a minute. But first, want to take a moment to shout out one of our good friends. Uh, back with us, actually, a great sponsor of the podcast, our friends at Echelon. Listen, when it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment. And I certainly agree with that. I love feeling accomplished, you know, whatever the case may be. Hit, hitting your fitness goals or, and just feeling great about yourself. Well, Echelon can get you there to your fitness goals as they offer the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Stride Smart Treadmill. So no matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your own home. And their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. And one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. And right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelon.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N dot com slash Locked on NFL, and again, you can check out check out what they have and try any fitness equipment at home for 30 days. So really excited to have Echelon back with us as well. And again, visit them at echelon.com slash locked on NFL. Really appreciate them. Go check them out. Go support them. And just our way of saying thank you to uh, to Echelon for coming back in the mix with us. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's look at the numbers here from Sunday and kind of see, you know, how things went. So, like I said, Teddy Bridgewater, fine game. 36 of 49, 310 yards, two touchdowns, but again, was sacked twice. So, you know, again, that continues to be an issue. The Panthers continue to rotate. And now, actually, it was, of course, Dennis Daly that ended up getting the uh, the start at left tackle, but then he went out, Greg Little comes in, and then Trent Scott actually went in a little bit as well. Dennis Daly ended up playing 71% of the snaps, Greg Little played 18%, and then Trent Scott came in later in the game, played 11% uh, at tackle. So, you know, the, the constant rotation, you know, you obviously like seeing, and we know Dennis Daly was obviously a uh, a versatile guy. He showed that in his rookie season. They were playing him all across uh, all across the field, and of course with Chris Reed kind of entrenching himself now at left guard, John Miller back from injury at right guard. They still wanted to get Dennis Daly out there, so they gave him the start at left tackle uh, instead of Greg Little, which was uh, which was pretty interesting. So we'll see going forward. Um, as long as Russell Kuhn is out, we'll see how they continue to make that rotation. So really, really found that interesting. But uh, of course, 
Offensive line still a bit of a question mark as Teddy taking a couple of couple of rough sacks there. But overall, you have to be pretty pleased with the uh, with the offense. I mean, over almost 450 total yards of offense against what we know is a, a really good Kansas City Kansas City defense. Um, you know, it, it was really nice to just see them kind of sling the ball the way they did, and you know, really just the way they continue to mix and match mix and match pieces. I mean, you're you're even seeing some formations where Alex Arma is is out wide. You know, so you gotta like the creativity so far uh, of of this Panthers offense, just looking for those matchups and uh, just getting the ball into their playmakers. But that was one of the interesting things too. Uh, from this game is that, you know, yeah, Curtis Samuel has really turned into a, a really good playmaker for this team as he ended up with 105 yards and a touchdown on nine catches. Again, uh, Christian McCaffrey, 10 catches, 82 yards and a touchdown. Robbie Anderson, nine catches, 63 yards. But DJ Moore was very quiet in this game. He only saw three targets, caught just two of them for 18 yards. But the interesting thing about this, too, is that DJ Moore played 12 more snaps than Robbie Anderson and 21 more snaps than Curtis Samuel. You know, we're used to seeing those numbers a lot closer together. But this was well in favor of of DJ Moore. I mean, 81 out of 83, that's 98%. Uh, 83% for Robbie Anderson, 72% for Curtis Samuel. So, really makes you wonder, you know, and obviously credit the Chiefs for helping kind of take away uh, DJ Moore. You know, we've kind of come to expect, and these were kind of the thoughts we had too, especially from a fantasy perspective going into the season, where you never really knew which way the Panthers were going to go in terms of the wide receivers. Was Robbie Anderson going to, you know, was it Robbie Anderson was going to break out? Was it Curtis Samuel? You know, and the interesting thing now about Robbie Anderson is that, yeah, he's, you know, putting up some nice numbers as far as catches and yardage, but he still only has one touchdown on the season, and that was way back in week one, that 75-yard touchdown against the Raiders. That still goes down as his only cat or his only touchdown catch of the season whereas Curtis Samuel has now become kind of the the scorer of this team right this is now three straight games for Curtis Samuel with a uh, with a touchdown you know he's got four total touchdowns all of them have now come in the last three games you know so he Curtis Samuel, you know, really interesting. He went the first six games without a touchdown, well, without a receiving touchdown. He did, of course, have that rushing touchdown against the Saints. But now he's gone two straight games with a receiving touchdown. Uh, So, you know, again, it's kind of a a week-by-week basis what the receivers are going to do. But again, I just find that really interesting that DJ Moore played all but two snaps on offense and was only targeted. And again, you know, it's... Part of that argument is obviously going to be that Samuel McCaffrey and Anderson combine for 
32 targets. You know, so 32 out of the 49 pass attempts that Teddy Bridgewater had. But still, you know, all but two snaps and DJ Moore was only targeted three times and only caught two of those passes. In fact, this is two games in a row now that DJ Moore only caught two passes in his third game overall, actually, that he only came away with two passes. And those first two games was really just kind of the from the fact that he had you know, some big gains, you know, especially last week against Atlanta and then week three against the Chargers when he had two catches for 65 yards. So, you know, a rather up and down season, you know, to save the least. And he's on a bit of a, a drought as well. This is two games in a row now without a touchdown for him. And he's only got three total touchdowns. So, you know, obviously part of that too is, the running backs took a lot, a, a good bit of those touchdowns, right? A good bit of receiving touchdowns now have come from McCaffrey, come from Mike Davis, and now Teddy Bridgewater has a couple of rushing touchdowns. But still, that's obviously something you'd like to see kind of pick up now. You know, through nine games, we're looking at DJ Moore with three receiving touchdowns, uh, Curtis Samuel has two, and Robbie Anderson has one. So with, you know, three playmakers that we you know spent a lot of time talking about before the season those three now have only combined for six touchdown receptions through nine games so you'd obviously like to see that number go up a bit it's it's nice to spread the ball a, a little bit but you do want to see those numbers bounce up and again it's still really surprising to see that Robbie Anderson only has one touchdown all season and that came way back in week one so is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast they'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 nfl draft Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just a bit of a, a interesting rant, I, I'd say, on the, on the wide receiver on the wide receiver position. Uh, so we'll run through quick the rest of the snap counts in just a minute. Uh, but a reminder that today's episode is also being brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there. And I truly believe that because these bars are absolutely delicious they're very easy to chew and they come in so many great flavors you know i i love chocolate and i love their uh their peanut butter flavor all kinds of good stuff and so you know you guys whatever your flavor is there likely is one there's caramel brownie raspberry peanut butter carrot cake salted caramel all kinds of great flavors for you to try and of course these bars are Soft and easy to chew, as I said. So it's like eating a candy bar, but you get the uh, the goodness of a healthy protein bar. I mean, for example, the peanut butter bar. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. So these are great if you're on a keto diet. Uh, they're low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, 
and high in fiber. But again, don't just take my word for it. Go to builtbar.com, check out the pro- or use the promo code locked on, check out what they have, and use that promo code to save yourself 20% off your next order. So again, uh, builtbar.com, promo code locked on gets you 20% off your next order. So as we kind of wrap things up here, like I said, I do want to just run through uh, the actual number of snaps here played by each player to give you guys an idea what went down. So like I said, 83 offensive snaps, which is the biggest number we've seen in a couple of weeks. Uh, Chris Reed, Taylor Moten, John Miller, Matt Paradis, and Teddy Bridgewater played all 83 snaps. And like I said before, DJ Moore played 81 snaps, Robbie Anderson 69, Curtis Samuel 60. Christian McCaffrey in his first game back played 59 of the 83 snaps. So, you know, maybe they wanted to rest him up a little bit in his first game from injury. And, you know, Mike Davis still seen some time as well. But again, now that we have the news that he's banged up again, we'll see what happens as the week goes on. But 59 offensive snaps for McCaffrey, 59 for Ian Thomas, 59 for Dennis Daly. As again, they kind of rotated, especially toward the end of the game at left tackle, but Daly ended up with 59 snaps all at left tackle. Chris Manhurts played 30 snaps. Mike Davis, as we said before, played 26. Greg Little came in later in the game, played 15 snaps. Uh, Alex Arma saw 12 snaps. Brandon Zilstra had nine. Trent Scott played nine snaps at left tackle. Colin Thompson, six snaps. And Farrell Cooper, four snaps on offense. And then on defense, they ended up with 62 defensive snaps, and it was uh, Shaq Thompson, Trey Boston, and Razul Douglas playing all 62. So nice to see Razul Douglas right back in there, showing kind of no rest for the weary after recovering uh, from COVID. So once again, playing every snap. Sam Franklin played all but one snap, and Dante Jackson played all but two snaps, 61 and 60 respectively, for Sam Dante. Brian Burns, what a, another fine day. 55 defensive snaps. Corn Elder with 49. Derek Brown, 43 snaps. Uh, Jermaine Carter and Stephen Weatherly each played 30 snaps. Marquise Haynes, 26 snaps. F.A. Obada saw 25. Bravion Roy saw 21. Uh, Darius Taylor, Troy Pride, and Zach Kerr each played 17 snaps. Tyre Whitehead saw 14 snaps. Yitor Grossmatos in his first game back. Off of IR, he saw 13 snaps. Austin Larkin played 12 snaps, and Miles Hartsfield played 6 snaps. And uh, some of the notes that uh, the Panther side had regarding the defensive snaps, Corn uh, Elder actually got the start and played 79% of the snaps and had 3 tackles, while Troy Pride played 27%, as Carolina used more players in the secondary to fill in for the injured Jeremy Chin. Jermaine Carter got the start and played... 48% of the snaps at linebacker, while Adarius Taylor played 27%. And it was a season-low 23% of snaps for Tyre Whitehead. Brian Burns, this was his fourth game with at least 85% of snaps. He ended up with a tackle for a loss and three quarterback hits. And Dante Jackson played all but two snaps as he continues to battle his nagging toe injury. But still nice to see that he was at least out there for all the snaps. And then your uh, core special teamers, Kenny Robinson, Julian Stanford, 16 special special team snaps each. Joey Sly, 13. Stanley Thomas Oliver, 13. 
Joseph Charlton, 10 special team snaps, and of course was one for one in a passing, so good for him. J.J. Jansen with 10 snaps, Trenton Cannon 10, Tyler Larson 7. And then just running through the offensive players, Reed and Moten each had 7. Moore, Anderson, Samuel, and McCaffrey each had one snap on special teams. Manhurts had six. Davis had one. Little had seven. Arma had 15. Zilstra, 17. Scott with uh, Trent Scott with seven. Colin Thompson, 14. Farrell Cooper with eight. Uh, Shaq Thompson had eight. Seven each for Boston, Rasul, Franklin, and Burns. Elder and Brown each played three. Jermaine Carter, uh, 17. Stephen Weatherly saw six. Bravion Roy played seven on special teams. Darius Taylor actually led the way with 24 special team snaps. Uh, Troy Pride had 13. Zach Kerr with 11. Whitehead, seven. Larkin, nine. And Hartsfield with 16. So that was that's the snap breakdown. And just a, you know always an interesting look at the rotation there. Uh, so again, you, you got to like that the Panthers fought hard, but obviously it is a little frustrating, I'm sure, for Panthers fans. That's another close loss for the Panthers. Um, but again, you know, it's kind of a moral victory, only losing by two points at Kansas City against the defending Super Bowl champions, against who is probably now the MVP favorite in uh, Patrick Mahomes, who now has... 25 touchdowns versus just one interception. So, bit of a moral victory there. As I said late last week, you don't like using that term a whole lot, but I think we can kind of use it here. Uh, but they are 3-6 and six now, and now we turn our attention to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who got washed by the Saints on Sunday Night Football, so you know they're going to be angry. Uh, but this is already going to be the fifth divisional game for the Panthers in the first 10 weeks. So, uh, they'll certainly... Certainly be ready to go after losing by 14 in the first meeting back in week two. So we'll obviously spend the week getting ready for the Bucks And excited, as always, to do the crossover later this week, whether it's David or whether it's James. Uh, excited to bring that to you later this week. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Again, follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. Appreciate you guys following along. Have a, excuse me, have a great rest of your Monday. And we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. We'll see you soon. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 